Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. Morning. As we went through this little video, you know, those are a lot of the Psalms that, that we've covered here this summer. And um, I, I just hope and pray, as I've kind of encouraged you each um, Sunday, that, uh, that you've had a chance just to sit with the Lord um, in these Psalms and, and let him come to you in special ways. I wish I could just have a lemonade or a coffee with each of you to hear how God's been coming to you. And it was very special last Sunday to hear Hamon. Um, the Lord just stir his heart with Psalm 139 and um, sharing about um, just how back in his life with his first marriage to Ashley and, and how she died of cancer and how the Lord spoke to him then and just stirred it back up. And he and Lindsay sang a song that just reminded him how fully known and, and truly loved he is, whether it's going through really difficult times or, or just everyday times, I mean, that he's in right now. Though as a medical student, he's still going through a lot. I also wanted to know how you're doing uh, with your two-week challenge that Alicia and I threw out to you a couple weeks ago, just reading Psalm 139 each day. I know I've got marked in my um, iPhone to, to read each night, and um, it's, uh, it's been good. I've, I've read it in different translations, and there's so much comfort and goodness um, that God wants us to know how close he really, really is. And, and sometimes in our day-to-day, -day, we just get so uh, hurried and busy with things. I also want to just give a special thanks. I mean, wasn't it a wonderful time of worship here this morning? Let's give our worship team a hand. I also want to thank uh, Zach. Um, you know, Zach uh, heads up our creative arts team. And um, he's been really dealt a, a difficult task here at the beginning of COVID. I mean, he came on to lead worship, to, 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 and he does an, a fantastic job. But right away, he got thrown uh, a curveball with this whole broadcast, and he didn't have any experience. Uh, Hamon actually helped him, and Lindsay jumped in. We had different people helping with that. And, and it was a huge learning curve, and um, I know it's been a rough road to balance up here, broadcast, and then the tech booth all together. But I want to, let's give him a hand, you guys. My, myself, personally, and, and us as a church, Zach, I just really want you to know how much we really, really appreciate you. He uh, just got back from a little vacation with Megan. I know he's not working on a, a lot of sleep with little ones. Plus, he was in California, which uh, is a way different time zone. And many of you know how hard that is to come back all the way across the country. Uh, not, uh, you know, nothing to say just with the little ones, too, because they don't, they don't let us sleep. Now, I don't know that as a parent as much anymore, but I do know that as a grandparent. And uh, we had a summer full of grandkids, so it just brings me right back to those good old days. Well, this morning, um, instead of focusing on just a psalm, um, I want to focus on a theme throughout the psalms. And this theme is waiting. It's common throughout the Psalms. The psalmist, for some, it comes really easy. But for some, this whole area of waiting on the Lord is really, really hard. How are you at waiting? Where is it hard for you to wait? I mean, I gotta admit, just this week, in a hurry, hit a red light right there on 675 in Wilmington, my exit. And I, I didn't want to stop. I mean, I, I got to get home. I got to, you know, it, it was hard even at a, a red light. This, this whole idea, I mean, and then let alone traffic delays. I mean, how many of you, it's so hard to sit in a traffic delay? Like, what's going on? How about Kroger checkout lines? Huh? <laughs> when they get really long at that self-checkout and you don't even know where to stand. I mean, they got those little stickers all over and after a while, they don't have any more stickers. You know, where do you go? More seriously though, um, how about medical conditions where we're, you've got to wait for a surgery or, or someone else to have their surgery? 
um, to wait on a medical prognosis um, and, and, and what's happening. And um, I know many of you have been journeying with our lead pastor's wife, Kelly, uh, in her cancer journey. And it's been a tough one. I mean, those of you that have been paying attention to Facebook, some of you are on her prayer thing. And it's been a real struggle. Her body hasn't taken to the chemo. So the cancer um, is continuing to grow. And um, she's got a, a, a recent um, PET scan. And I know this Monday they're going to talk to their oncologist it's just to get an update on that. But it's been hard. I mean, it's been hard for Jean and I. It's hard for us as a church just to wait, you know, to wait on the Lord. And then waiting on Pastor Gill. Pastor Gill's been on sabbatical now for two months. He was supposed to come back today but with all of the cancer appointments with the oncologists and the different things that they've got going on, he asked if he could start up um, here on Monday. So I'll be meeting with him for the first time in two months. And uh, we miss him. I mean, he's our lead pastor. We miss him here. And I can't wait to, to get caught up on uh, what that sabbatical has been. And, and he'll be back here next, um, next Sunday with us. And then another waiting. I mean, as if COVID wasn't enough, we got something else coming called the Delta variant. And it's stirring us a little bit. I mean, I think as a church, I just hear some rumblings and stuff. Um, like many of you, I try to stay away from some social media that tries to, to crank stuff up. But, but we're waiting. You know, even as a church, we're, we're monitoring our, our COVID care team. I was just talking to JT last week, and we just started to talk about, like, we've got to be ready. We've got to just be looking at the signs and things of what's going on there and then bringing it to our elders to try to discern. But, but it's a time of waiting, even with this, this Delta variant. Why is it so hard for us to wait for things? Why are we in such a hurry as a people? And I was thinking about it, and, and fear can be the culprit. Sometimes we're, we're afraid of the unknown. We're, we're afraid of what others are going to think sometimes that makes us feel kind of hurried. Sometimes we just want relief. It's hard to wait. We just, we just wanted something to be done because it's so weary and tiresome. But I think sometimes... We don't even know why it's hard to wait. We, we, we just, it, inside, it just, something's going on in there. And I really believe that this whole idea of waiting and waiting on God um, and kind of where the difficulty comes from, we got to go all the way back to the garden. Adam and Eve. Beautiful garden. I think I've shared this before, but when I think of Eden, when I think of the Garden of Eden, I think of the island of Kauai. That's what I, I think about. Everything was so beautiful and lush. All, their, all of Adam's and needs, uh, or Adam and Eve's needs were, were cared for. They were, they were safe. They had their food, and, and the springs came to water everything they needed. They, they had very little work to do in the garden. It was a beautiful place. All that food was organic, fresh, healthy. Any organic folks out there can relate to that. The animals were at peace with each other. The world was really as it should be and how God created it to be in the very, very beginning. Total peace, total shalom. Until they were told not to eat from one tree. God said, that one over there, that's the knowledge of good and evil. I don't want you to eat from that tree. I have a question that I want you to ponder going back to that garden. What if Eve had waited on the Lord? What if she not only waited, but inquired of the Lord amidst her temptation to eat? Now, it sounds really simple, doesn't it? 
But yet, just like Adam and Eve, we, we struggle to wait on the Lord. We struggle to inquire of the Lord. We all too often lean on our own understanding and understanding, get this, will never bring us peace apart from waiting and trusting in God. We think it will. We think if I just get more understanding and wisdom and knowledge, but apart from waiting and trusting in God, it's still gonna feel very, very empty. Let's take a look at Genesis 3, 6 here where we see Eve. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. It seems like such a simple act. But the ramifications, the ramifications of that simple act were still dealing with the consequences. You see, from the very beginning, this, this whole idea of waiting is, is really, really hard. And it's brought so much trouble upon us. And, and we're all a pattern of this impatience that leads to a disobedience to God. And the enemy... He knows this. And he goes after that weak area in us to get us to be impatient as opposed to patient. You may have heard that if the enemy can't make us bad, he's going to make us busy. Because when we get busy, we get distracted. We start to feel hurried. We get afraid. And then we jump on what I call the proverbial treadmill. We just, we just get her going. Because when we're impatient and we're not waiting, we just, sometimes we just feel like we gotta keep, keep doing something. Where is that coming from? Partly from the very beginning. But I think it gets going even faster in our family of origin. You know, some of you, many of you, probably come from very hardworking families. I mean, that's what America was made up to be. Um, many of which have made up of immigrants that have come from other countries. Um, some, sadly, uh, have come from slaves. Slaves forced to work here in this country. For myself, on both sides, my dad's side, they came, the immigrants came from Sweden. My ancestors come from Sweden. I mean, with a name like Life Anderson, that is a giveaway, you know? And then I'm from Minnesota, so you can probably hear some of my northern accent. My mom's side was from Poland. Both very hardworking. My mom and dad were very, very hard workers. A very strong work ethic that cuts both ways. The positive... That's how we make a living. We gotta work hard for the things that, uh, in our job and, and, and allow us to have the money to live. But it also cuts on the flip side and it gets us going on this treadmill that just keeps getting faster. And this can lead to a lot of problems. I saw in my life, I was going really, really fast between my junior year and senior year in college. I, I grabbed onto that work ethic. I was working full time um, at the, the university that I attended, moving furniture all day. And then I would go from there to throw to my, my wide receivers on our football team. I played quarterback in college. After that, I would go lift weights for a couple hours. And if that wasn't enough, at night, I would referee summer league high school basketball games. Well, one day I started to get this headache and I've never had you know, headaches. I never had um, migraines or anything like that. But I started getting this headache and I, I had to get home. Uh, I was staying off campus. I went home and um, 
This headache got so bad, my, my temperature shot up to 103, and I, I was just in pain, and I did not know what was going on. Um, Jean at the time was my girlfriend. She was there, and my, my mom was there, and um, they just said, we got to get you to the hospital. Um, so they, they got me to the North Memorial Hospital there in Minneapolis, and um, they were concerned it was going to be spinal meningitis, and so... They gave me the old infamous spinal tap. I don't know if any of you have had a spinal tap. You've got to kind of get into a fetal position. They stick a needle between your vertebrae to take out the cerebrospinal fluid out of there to test it. Well, I had not a specialist sticking that needle in me, and I felt like a human pincushion. She went at it about five or six times and finally just said, is there a specialist that can do this? And they brought in this lady, boom, one try. Well, everything came back negative, and the doctor said, no meningitis. This has been caused by stress. What have you been doing lately? Ah, so I rattle off what I rattle off to you. And that was a wake-up call for me. And there's times God brings us these signs to slow us down. And we can adjust to it and begin to move at a different pace. Or we can just put our heads down and just keep right on going. We can just, just look at it as a momentary weakness. Life, ah, yeah, but you know, let's just keep on going here. And that is often, that is often how we view waiting. We see it as a weakness, we can see it as laziness, being soft, or just, it's in the way. Our culture says, lead, follow, or get out of the way. Waiting doesn't have much of a place in that type of culture. And that brings, that brings me to our culture, the American culture, that I think continues to speed it up. This pace, you know, we were missionaries, lived overseas for two years, and um, if any of you have had a chance to do that, or whenever you get outside of the U.S., you know, you just get a whole different perspective on your country. That cuts good and bad. The, the good things that I saw, I, I, it's made me a better American. I love um, the, inf the things we take for granted here in America I didn't have overseas, just infrastructure stuff, uh, sidewalks, grass, um, traffic lights, um, tr people using traffic lights, uh, you know. It was just th those things like I didn't even think that other countries. The, the other part that I really appreciated was just our, our, our Judeo-Christian um, morality that, that a lot of our country is based on. Um, I was in another part of the world that was uh, very different, and, and they just didn't function that way. Um, but on the, the weaker side, one thing that my eyes got opened up to was the speed of the American culture, how fast everything goes. I remember coming back and going to a Walmart and just seeing all this stuff and people going and coming and, and, and the traffic. And um, it, it, it was just something that, that just cut really, really both ways for me. And I, and I realize that here in America, like we run really fast and we get the, the plates spinning and they start falling, but we get them spinning some more. And it, it's just a pace that is, is really, really hard um, and, and does not leave much room for waiting. Another question, do you ever wonder why we run at such a fast pace beyond just thinking about some of the normal things of production and business and, and financial gain. It's worth pondering. Well, in the Psalms, they're gonna help us out. They're gonna help us out with this whole area of waiting and, and we're gonna get God's perspective and truth in this whole area. And I wanna warn you, it will be a contrast to your normal way of thinking and behaving. Because remember, we're still really weak here, but we're not outside of God's grace to come in to this area of waiting on the Lord. Before we dig in to our big idea this morning, I just want to 
make you aware of a few things that I think will bring clarity um, to, what, to where we're headed here this morning. Uh, first, the psalmist grab on to God's perspective, which is a holistic perspective. They, they grab on to both the temporal and the eternal and they, they, they don't see separation. So, so often here, as, as humans, we, we just see the life on this earth. It's hard for us to get and think beyond towards heaven, towards the eternal. They're, they're thinking with both going on. And that's God's perspective. He's constantly seeing um, both of these blended together. Um, the other one is the word wait in the Psalms has an interchangeable translation. And you'll notice this sometimes when you're reading different translations and you'll come across the word wait, it, its Hebrew meaning can be trust and it can also be hope. So it's fascinating to think about that as I trust in the Lord, it's equated to waiting on the Lord which is equated to hoping in the Lord. There's a lot of interchangeableness going on with this word uh, wait in the Psalms. And then something Pastor Gill has reminded us from time to time, when it comes to God and waiting, it's very slow and often very long. It's, it's just kind of how he rolls and I know and I can speak for me, it just so goes against our grain. We want that microwave mentality, you know, to stick it in for 10 seconds, bang, boom, it's out. God doesn't work that way. He works more like a crock pot. It's got to sit there a while. And as we look at the scriptures, we realize that Noah had it easy. That was just uh, 40 days that he had to sit, you know, in the, in the flood waters. We kick up to 40 years with the Israelites and then just think how long it took before Jesus came here to earth. We're talking thousands of years of waiting. It's a much different timetable. But that's how God works and it, it's always worth the wait with him. Sometimes we want it to be now but it's gonna be always worth the wait. So the big idea here this morning is waiting on God brings significant growth to our lives. And we're gonna take a look at five areas where this growth shows up. And the first one is it draws us closer to God. Any good relationship needs time and good communication. Same way with a relationship with God. It needs this aspect of patience and waiting. Just like a good marriage or a good friendship, we've got to wait on one another. And this communicates love. Because love is patient. Love waits so a way to love God is to slow down and wait on him. David illustrates this with, uh, with a baby and its mother. Let's look at Psalm 131, two through three. He says, I am humbled and quieted, Lord, in your presence. Like a contented child who rests on its mother's lap, I'm your resting child and my soul is content in you. Oh, people of God, your time has come to quietly trust waiting upon the Lord both now and forever. A wean child, a child that's, that's just been fed is what David is talking about here. And I want you to just let that sink in. Maybe you have children or grandchildren or you have brothers and sisters that do. Let the picture of a child after it's just been fed rest in your soul. Let that picture just sit there. Usually after a baby's been fed, there's no care in the world and they're so dependent on their mother. It's a lot like this picture right here. 
There's my youngest grandson, Lance. Very, very content. Very, very at peace. In fact, when that was first taken, I put it on my phone just to remind me of this psalm and, and how God wants me to be in relationship with him. He wants me to be close and, and at peace and, and at rest. I, I, I love some of the other words used here in this psalm. Content, restful, quietly trusting, waiting upon the Lord both now and forever. Remember that meshing of time, the temporal and the eternal. And it's that deep down feeling that God wants us to have as we draw close to him that says, it's gonna be okay. All is well. He is near, he has me. It's gonna be okay. Not just here, not just in our heart, but deep in our souls, we know it's gonna be okay because he is near. A second area of growth that comes from waiting on God is we get stronger in our faith. Psalm 59.9 says this, my strength is found when I wait upon you. How crazy is that? There's strength that comes when, we wait, when I wait upon you. Watch over me, God, for you are my mountain fortress. I love that. You set me on high. There's strength in the waiting. And that's so counterintuitive to us sometimes. But just think about the Olympics. If some of you have been watching, these athletes need waiting and rest in order to get stronger for the next race, for the next match, for the next meet. I mean, the, the, those Olympic swimmers that were early on in the Olympics, all they really talked about was the competition and then the rest and the waiting in between because it was in that time they could get stronger for the next race. When we're patients at a hospital, we get stronger after a surgery. We, we've got to wait. We've got to rest, especially if there's a, another surgery coming. Strength comes in that waiting. And as we wait on God, we, we take in his word. He speaks to us and we get encouraged we get encouraged by him. We get encouraged by other believers and the, the Holy Spirit starts to move in our lives and we begin to see we're getting stronger in an area that we may have felt weak. You know, I felt this way several years ago um, when we came on staff with Athletes in Action as a missionary and we went to the training and they teach you how to raise your own support. At the time I was a youth pastor, I would go to my mail slot in the, in the church office and always get my paycheck. Well, the way things worked with Campus Crusade and, and Athletes in Action was everything that I would get a paycheck for and all my benefits and even all my ministry expenses, I now needed to raise all that money. And so when we sat in this um, a classroom to learn, both Gene and I, uh, they, they shared with us all these ideas and then they kind of break it down just on based on need. And we had a family of five and we we're living in the Chicago land area, which is much more expensive than most places. I re I'll never forget the number was $7,300 uh, $7, a month that we would need. And I knew how bad that was when my wife started to cry in the classroom and the teacher had to take us outside the classroom to comfort her. <laughs> Internally, that does something to you as a husband and a dad. I started feeling weaker and like, Lord, what are you getting me into? Because I did feel his calling. So after my wife was comforted and taken care of, I said, Lord, we gotta go for a walk. Nice thing about that walk is we were in Daytona Beach right along the ocean where this training was. 
And I began to walk along the ocean. I said, Lord, we need to have a talk. We're going to have a time of waiting here, and I'm going to walk with you. And I want you to show me how is this going to get done? Because I have no clue. I've never done this before. And so there's times where God will come with a vision or a dream to give us that boost. And, and this is what he said. He said, life, look at out that ocean right now. How many fish or sea creatures do you see? And I said, not a one. He said, how many do you think are out there? I said, thousands, probably millions. And he said, so right now, when it comes to your support, um, how many people are supporting you in this ministry that I've called to you? And I said, not a one. And he said, here's what I'm going to do, one by one. This was powerful, you guys. There's a lot of fear inside. He said, one by one, I'm going to start lifting them up out of the water. And you're going to see. And I'm going to take care of this. And just within a couple days, we had to make some phone calls to, to people to see if they, you know, share our vision and see if they would support us. And would you believe, like, boom, there's one. There's another one. Some of them were even our, gave some of the most uh, throughout our whole time of, you know, it was 18 years and around 20 for Gene on staff. And, and the Lord was so faithful, so faithful. <laughs> one by one, what I was told was going to take a year and a half for the Lord to, to raise that up, that support was done in, in 10 months. It was under a year. And, and I just, I give God praise and I, and I give God thanks because I was in such a weak place, but he, but he infused me and gave me strength with that vision and with himself. Like, I'm not gonna leave you hanging life. I'm gonna take care of this. We need to slow down to get that strength. And I want us to be careful to make sure that our strength, our primary strength is coming from God and not from another source. Because sometimes we can take a secondary source like other people that we may lean on for strength or, or money. I mean, that was a one that was, I was struggling with. This money is, is gone. Um, sometimes it's medicine or other resources that we can lean on. Those are all good, but we can lean on as our primary strength. And that's where we're going to get into trouble. And that's where that thing or person can become an idol is when we look on it and, and, and try to get too much strength from it as, a part, as opposed to God. We need to wait on him and let him be that primary strength, just like that mountain fortress that we read here in this verse. Let him be a mountain and let that get stronger. The third area of growth that comes from waiting on God is peace and contentment. And we saw that earlier in Psalm 131 with, with the, the child and the baby. It was, it's such a peaceful and content place when we draw close to the Lord. And, and, but but we, we, we get this, this peace and strength from him. And, then, and sometimes what you're going to see here is we wait on God. A lot of stuff interchangeably starts happening. We get closer to God. We get stronger. And peace and contentment start to come. It, it, it's not like one, you know, you got to do one, you know, in sequence. But they just all start taking place. And it's very, very beautiful when God starts working in that way. And one, one of the verses that is in the Psalms, and it's been one of my favorite, you've heard me talk about it, but God just continues to take me back to this verse. I think because it's hard for me to wait, and in this verse, wait patiently on the Lord for things. Let's, turn, let's look at Psalm 37, seven here. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently. And some of us are good at waiting, but that, oh, patiently, that's, a, that's another level. And wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or, or fret about their wicked schemes. And I, I would just say, don't worry about dot, dot, dot. What is it that you worry about? It doesn't just have to be that, but it's those other things that kind of come in and, and stir us with anxiety. Well, two years ago at One Prayer, you know, we, we start off the year with the Lord giving us one word, and my one word was wait. And he gave me this verse right here, and much of that year I focused on that middle part that says wait 
patiently for him to act. And what, what was really challenging for me at that time was our Imagine Initiative and the waiting that it took. And we are still waiting. Sometimes God just kicks it out a little farther. I'm thankful that we're waiting. I didn't want to jump into things during COVID, but it was still hard. And then this last year, the word that he gave me was shalom, peace. And he's asked me to focus on the first part of this verse. Because to be still in his presence, to be still means to wait. And I'm learning that. I'm learning to, to wait and be still in his presence to allow peace and contentment to come. I just read recently in Jesus Calling and it said this, it said, peace is not an elusive goal hidden at the center of some complicated maze. Actually, as believers, we are always enveloped in peace, which is inherent in his presence. Wherever his presence is, there will be peace. So we need to look to him. We need to wait on him to allow him to bring this peace to us. And, and it comes by slowing down. It comes by meditating on a verse or on a psalm. It comes by learning how to rest in his presence. The fourth area of growth that comes from waiting on God is that we receive help. And this can come in a number of ways. We, we can get rescue when we're in a difficult situation. That can come also in healing. We get help from God. So the closer we get in our relationship with God, God wants us to turn to him for help. Whether it's big things or little things, he, he wants to be the one that we text or go to right away, much like a friend, someone that you go on quick dial. God wants to be there for us. He doesn't just want to be that. How many like friends that just call us in emergencies all the time? But he can handle that. He's God. He wants to be available to us and for us just to cry out by saying, Jesus, I need you right now. Something's going on. I, I need you right now. Or Holy Spirit, please help me. You're the helper. You know, I've had a number of experiences in my life um, where it's been desperate. Things have been really, really hard. Um, and God has come and helped me. Uh, there's, a, there's a deep connection when I read this psalm, and, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why we like the psalm so much, because we connect and it, it gives us words to how we're really feeling inside. And, and, and David here says in, in Psalm 41 through two, he, we, we pick this up here. He says, I waited and waited and waited some more patiently knowing God would come through for me. Then, at last, he bent down and listened to my cry. He stooped down to lift me out of danger from the desolate pit I was in, out of the muddy mess I'd fallen into. Now he's lifted me up into a firm, secure place and steadied me while I walk along his ascending path. This is getting to the the bottom somewhat. This is getting to be in the desperate places of our waiting where there's danger and we need rescue. And usually that sequence is as we cry out to God, as we see here with David, he brings the rescue. We're placed on a firm, secure place. And then, ah, it's going to be okay. We have that deep sigh of relief to know it's going to be okay. And then usually that turns to worship. Like, Lord, I, I didn't know how I was going to get out of this. But you stepped in. You, you reached down and you helped me. You know, last fall, I was in a dangerous place. I was out at the innkeeper. It's a, a, a place that... Um, 
is for missionaries and pastors to go on retreat. And that morning, one of the mornings I was out there, I got this intense pain in my, my left leg. And it was just burning. And I grabbed some uh, ice and I put ice on it. I thought, you know, put a little ice on it. I elevated it. But it would not go away. And I called my wife and I said, honey, I don't, I don't know what to do. And she was struggling to know what to do as well. I, I thought to call... Um, you know, the, 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 the teledoc, because um, I had that with my insurance, and I got them on the line. I started explaining all the symptoms, and they said, you could very well have a blood clot. You need to get to the hospital immediately. So the, the, the lady that oversees the, the innkeeper, I just, she was down in the basement doing some stuff, and I just cried out. I said, Jan, I, please come up here and she got in her minivan, and, and I jumped in there, and off we went over in Inglewood at uh, the emergency room over there. And um, I, when somebody says blood clot and you're running an emergency, your mind goes to a lot of different places. And we got there. They rushed me in. Um, they, uh, they, they checked it out. And I remember when we went in um, at, at the hospital, and they, and they took a probe and they squirted some stuff and they took a probe and they went up and down my leg. And um, I had this weird sense, like it was super, super hot. And I asked, is it, is it supposed to get hot? And, and she just said, yeah, a little bit, but, but not really, really hot. But it was, it was super hot. And then I went and uh, rested and, and they were going to come back and tell me what was going on. And um, the doctor said, there's nothing there. I said, you sure? It's, it's not, no, everything's negative. And I couldn't believe it. And sometimes when you get news like that, you're kind of in shock because you're expecting the worst. And as I was laying there in the bed, I sensed the Lord saying to me, life, I healed you. And that was like, Wow. Like, yes, this is what was going on. And this stuff came back negative. But it's gone. And, and I, I haven't received a lot of healings, but I praise and thank God. And I just, I was a bit in, uh, I was very quiet. I was a bit in shock. It was, it was wonderful to, to let my wife know and my family. And many, many were praying. I mean, I let the staff team know. And lots of people were really, really concerned. But... It was a place where he came down and, and rescued, and not only rescued, but healed me in such a powerful way that um, it brought so much growth. And it, 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 it just strengthened me that, that we serve a God that, that heals, because I just experienced that. And sometimes we feel like it's, it might be for someone else. But sometimes in this life, um, and I all know all too well, we don't get rescued and we don't get healed. Then what? Where is God in, in those times and those times we feel alone and, and, and angry and maybe resentful uh, with God? Um, the Psalms don't leave us hanging there. They deal with what I call the mystery, that sometimes it doesn't happen on this side of heaven. And that's our fourth and final area of growth in the waiting is that he, he teaches us to, to learn to trust him in the mystery. Let's look at some of the, the Psalms here. Psalm 69.3 is the first one. And we, we feel this. I'm, I'm weary, God. I'm exhausted with weeping. My throat is dry, my voice is gone, my eyes are swollen with sorrow, and I'm, I'm waiting for you, God, to come through for me. Sometimes that's just it. Let's go to Psalm 119.81. I'm, I'm worn out waiting for your rescue, God, but, I, but I've put my hope in your word, but my eyes are straining to see your promises come true. When will you comfort me? 
We want relief. We want something, some understanding, some help. But we're just left with questions. Have you ever been in this place yourself where something's happened in your life or someone that you love? It's just questions. And there's still a mystery. You know, for me, it was, it was having a twin brother die at age nine. What do you do with that? Questions. So much emotion stirring. That, that, shortly after that, my mom and dad got a divorce. I, I remember my number one prayer, prayer request on my list from the day that happened all the way through college was that they would get together. It didn't happen. I know there's been others close to me, and, and I don't want to share, I want to keep confidentiality, but there's just been unbearable pain of abuse, shame, assault, racial injustice, these things that just break my heart. And if I'm honest, there's times I'm just left speechless after hearing some stories and I'm without words. And I just simply don't know what to say other than just to be present. I resonate with how David expresses this area of just feeling the mystery and not knowing what to do. Let's take a look at Psalm 131.1. This was at the beginning of two and three, the whole place of, of being like a child to its mother. He, he starts off and says, Lord, my heart is meek, very humble before you. I don't consider myself better than others. I'm content to not, get this, not pursue matters that are over my head, such as complex mysteries and wonders that I'm not yet ready to understand. Wow. That resonates with me in this area of mystery. Matters over my head, complex mysteries and wonders that I'm not ready to understand. And yet he's asking me to trust him. Trust him in the mystery. And there's just some things we're gonna be left with questions. And it's just trusting that he still has us and that his way is best in it. I, I, got, I received some, some hope in this, and I want to pass it on to you. There's, there's just a couple more scripture verses, Romans 8, 17 to 18, that blends in these two worlds. That's the only way that I can get there, Lord. I, it's not making sense here on earth, but I'm trusting into the future. It's going to make sense. He says, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. So we love this. We're heirs of God's glory. We're heirs of a lot of good things. But if we share, if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. And here's a caveat. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. That brings me hope because we're heirs as God's children. We're heirs for his glory, but we're also heirs to his suffering, that there will be suffering in this world. And, and I don't choose it. I don't want it. But it comes, and I embrace it, and I receive it. And I've, I've learned to work through some of my stuff. There's going to be grieving, and there's good, you're going to have to work through the emotions of some of the pain and the suffering that you've went through. You can't just say God's going to take care of it. Let's look at Romans 8, 19 through 21. For all creation, this is all of us, is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. That's you and me as believers. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. We found that out in the garden. And with that curse, it's simply with our sin, there's consequences to our sin. And God set it up that way. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. I can't wait for that day. 
That's where my hope shifts for shifts to. That's when I wait on God and these mysteries are coming. Other than sitting with someone or, or sitting in my own stuff and asking God to bring the comfort and healing needed, it's, it's looking to that time when we go home and there's no more death and there's no more decay in this world that we have. And I can't wait for that day. And I want to close this. I know there's things um, in our church that we're waiting on and, and a couple things that I, I want to pray for is Pastor Gill and Kelly. Um, Gill will start back tomorrow. Um, and then just where Kelly's at um, with her own cancer. Com coming back to school, we're waiting on that. And, and I don't know if there's uncertainty there with any of us. Uh, this Delta variant. There's just some things that we're waiting on God for that I want to bring to the Lord in prayer. And this, just that he'd also keep strengthening us in our own weakness. Um, as Pastor Gill shared before he left, that, that we'd really receive that. So just bow your heads and, and let's just close in prayer together with some of these things. Father, some of these things that you're asking us to wait on you for, it, uh, some of them are, are real easy for us, but man, we get into this mystery. We get into these tougher areas of pain and suffering. And it, it's really, really hard. And I just lift those up to you. Whatever anybody's feeling right now or sensing, Lord God, I, I want to lift them up to you. And I pray that you'd begin to enter in, speak to, and make your presence known to each person in those areas. For us as a church, I pray for Pastor Gill as he comes back. It's been two months, and I pray that it would be an easy transition for him. Lord, we'd be wise in the ways that he comes back. But thank you that he's our lead pastor. Thank you that he could have a time, I pray, of rest and refreshment. We pray, too, for Kelly. And there's mystery in that, Lord. But we're trusting you. We know you can heal. So we pray for healing for her. We pray you'd give strength and peace. We pray you'd give Gil steadfastness as he comes alongside of her and, and help us as a church, Lord, to know how to handle that. I pray for many that will be going back to school as teachers or students or, or helpers in some capacity, Lord, that you'd give strength and peace as they enter back. For this Delta variant, Lord, we pray for wisdom. Give wes wisdom to our COVID care team, to our elders, to know how to best respond um, as a church, Lord God. And then I just pray for us where we're weak, that your spirit would come and give us grace and this just strengthen us. We want to be fueled by your spirit. We want to be fueled by your grace, Lord. And we just pray this all in your powerful name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.